Today we have uh, an interesting section to look at and it is uh, 2 Samuel 24 10 and I'd like to uh, read that to you because if you read it you say I don't really understand why what was going on but in 2410 it says and David's heart smote him convicted him that he had numbered the people David said to the Lord I have sinned greatly in that I have done and now I beseech you, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. Remember, uh, one of the aspects of iniquity is the self-willedness in an area. David, uh, there were battles and things going on, and so David numbered the people. In fact, we're told... Um, you know that David, what he did, he took his eyes off of the Lord and he put it on the numbering of people and, you know, how many he could get into the army for battle and all these things. And what David was looking at, he was looking at numbers rather than God. No matter how large the army is, God giveth the victory. And that was the iniquity. He looked at the situation, he looked at what was happening, and he numbered the people. I think I want to throw in here a personal illustration. <clears throat> when I pastored my third church, and we never had one of these in the churches before, but they had an attendance record on the wall. So how many people in Sunday school, how many people in church last Sunday, and so on. And people would look at that scorecard, I called it, and if we had less in Sunday school, they'd be uh, down. If they had, we had less in church, maybe there was a snowstorm, who knows what all, they would be down. Or if the numbers were up, they'd be happy. And I said, we've got to get rid of the scorecard. We've got to take that down. The importance is not how many people came here or will be here this Sunday. What is important is how are we ministering to the people that God brought? Are we being faithful in our teaching? Are we being faithful in our preparation? Are we being faithful in our praying for these people that do come? When I pastored my second church and I was really new, I would see uh, 
children come in, you know, young children that were still in the Sunday school class, and they sought out a lady, and I'll mention her name, her name is Mrs. Mrs. Ernst, and they were telling her their prayer request. They had her for a teacher. She was no longer their teacher, but they knew that this woman was a woman of prayer, and the children would come in, and if they had prayer needs, prayer requests, or whatever, they would talk to her and share that with her. And that really spoke to my heart. This lady had been so faithful in teaching these children. And her life of prayer was so obvious to them that they would seek her out with prayer needs before they went to the regular Sunday school class, a regular Sunday school teacher. You know, do people seek you out when they have prayer needs? because they know that you're in touch with God and you'll cry out to God. That's so important. That's so much better than a scorecard. How many this, how many that, all of that. We need to be faithful for whom God brings. But we want to pick up on something here because the title of this that we're talking about, what is the difference between the convicting work of the Holy Spirit and the accusing work of Satan. Many people that come here for counseling are under the accusing work of Satan and they don't know it. And I want to, uh, we're going to go and look at that, but I'd like to share a verse that This morning, I wasn't even planning on using it, but as I was praying about what I was going to teach and what we needed to do, and I do these in the morning, um, is this. The psalmist said in Psalm 69, verse 5, O God, thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from thee. I might hide them from everybody else, but I can't hide them from God. And David knew that this heaviness of his heart was from God. But in Revelation chapter 12, I want to look at verse 10. And it said, I heard a loud voice saying, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren before our God day and night was cast down. So we're told two ministries that can go on in our personal lives. The convicting work of Satan. I mean, pardon me, the accusing work of Satan and the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. And they are different. The the purpose of them are totally different. God convicts me of sinful choices I've made 
so that I will confess them, be restored to fellowship, and go on with him. But Satan accuses me, and the purpose is to discourage me. So I, I do a number on myself. Often he starts, and then I go with it. No, I'm no good. I can never do anything. I failed. All this stuff. And we're told in the armor of God in Ephesians 6 that the first piece of the armor is the belt of truth. And that belt of truth has four aspects. We were given the spirit of truth. We have the word of truth. Christ says, I am the truth. Did I mention the spirit of truth? I think I'm leaving one out. But there are different sources of truth. But the next verse says that the second piece of the armor is the breastplate of Christ's righteousness. When I receive Christ as my personal Savior, my sins were placed on Christ, and Christ's righteousness was placed on me. God has declared me righteous. I am to live that out. Because all my own personal righteousness, the scripture says, is a filthy rags. So I need to realize I'm already righteous. I want to make decisions in life that would be righteous. So when Satan would accuse me, and he did, I did not become a Christian until I was almost 20. And he would bring up past things that I did before I was saved. What makes you think you ought to be a minister? What makes you think you ought to go to Bible school? What makes you think you have a desire to be a missionary? You don't qualify. Look at the stuff you've done. So when Satan accuses us, it's to remove hope. It's to make us feel that we're worthless, unworthy, and have no right to be a part of God and his program. But the Holy Spirit convicts us, so we'll deal with that and then walk in the righteousness. There's a difference. The Holy Spirit's conviction gives me hope. The accusations of the enemy leads me to despair and also depression. I need to understand those two things. And I need to be sensitive. Once you begin to see how the Holy Spirit works in your life in convictions, and you see how the enemy is trying to discourage me by bringing up past failures, and they're all under the blood anyway. And so I, I didn't understand the two, and I was very open to the accusing work of the enemy. And I would really get down, I would get discouraged. Um, and how do I deal with it? Or how did I deal with it? When I finally realized that this was not of God, this was really a trap of Satan. And he has many traps. In many ways, he tries to keep me from walking and serving the Lord. And as these thoughts would come, sometimes I would say, Satan, you left stuff out. 
you know, there's more than that of my past you're dredging up. Because, see, if you have a family pet, and a lot of families do, and they bury it in the backyard because it died, to dig it up periodically to see what's happening, eventually it's going to stink. And my sins were buried by Christ. That's past sins. And they'll never be brought up again. If they're being brought up, it is not Christ. It's the enemy. So I told him you left things out. And then I thought of another way of dealing with it. I thank God for allowing the enemy to remind me of the things I do when I live in the flesh. And right then and there, I would dedicate myself to walk in the spirit so I would not fulfill the desires of the flesh. And so Satan accuses me to draw me away from God, and God convicts me to draw me to himself. And so remembering the things you used to do, if Satan is the one doing it, that have been dealt with, then just thank God for a reminder that when I live in the flesh, the types of sins that I am capable of. And you'll rejoice. Thank God it's all been forgiven. And I stand before God in the perfect righteousness of Christ. And that is a blessing. Bless you as you, as you stand in his righteousness as you go through the battles of life. Bless you again.